Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is John. Welcome to Outside of the Ropes, the podcast where we discuss everything WWE. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 105 of season two. Today is Wednesday, and today is the August 3rd edition of NXT. Last week was absolutely insane. Here are some of the things that we were expecting going into last week. Last week, on July 27th, it was a special episode of NXT on Sci-Fi. And so, of course, what we were thinking of throughout the night, or throughout the night last week was, of course, what was going to happen between Karrion Cross and Samoa Joe because Karrion has been tormenting Joe for a very long time. But last week was something shocking. Samoa Joe came out and said he no longer wanted to be a, a security guard. He wanted to be a part of the main roster. Or not main roster, but wanted to be a part of the NXT roster. Not only to just be a part of the NXT roster, but get a NXT championship match against Cameron Cross at the one and only TakeOver 36. That was absolutely incredible. But that was not the only thing to look forward to last week. <clears throat> because the NXT Women's Champion Raquel Gonzalez has, of course, just tormented every single woman who has tried to come across Raquel and beat her for the championship. At that time forward, Raquel had no other opponent to go after until it was a secret opponent lurking. And that was Dakota Kai herself. Dakota Kai shockingly attacked Raquel Gonzalez, sending a message to her that she wanted the NXT Championship next. But that was also just the beginning of, of what I have last week. The one and only Adam Cole took on the one and only Bronson Reed, which was an absolute insane match. I mean, seriously, it was, you know, it was an insane match. This, of course, was the main event last week, which was pretty insane to say the least. I mean, there was a lot that happened last week, but this, of course, was the main event we all course wondered what in the world is going to happen but the one and only Adam Cole got the victory over Reed not Reed not Reed Reed but what happened after was shocking he wanted to know the Kyle O'Reilly arrived to lay out Cole <clears throat> with a steel chair smashing the chest of his rival and planting him with a suplex on the steel steps without hesitation that was just unbelievable I couldn't believe that happened but that was still just the beginning Because it was a breakout tournament match that was between Carmelo Hayes and Josh Briggs, and I believe Carmelo Hayes was the one to get the victory. And then, of course, Ricky Monet was set to compete against alongside her new prestige, just coming out against the experienced duo of Kid and Connor and Keith's Kenzaro. But because of an interruption, because of an interruption from Robert Stone. Ricky Monet lost her first match in NXT. So that is a lot of the stuff that was that happened last week that we're gonna get, get into here this week. But this week is gonna be potentially even more crazier than it was last week. And so without further ado, 
let's go ahead and get right into it and see what happens here on the August 3rd edition of NXT. Let's get into it. The Road to NXT TakeOver 36 and another bump along the way with the August 3rd edition of NXT. The show promised match matches and few interesting wrinkles and long-standing rivalries. Indy Hartwell is long pinned or pined after Dexa Loomis, but the way has blocked her path. This week, she hoped to settle things in, in a lover lever match where Dexter Loomis could fight for the love of Hartwell by defeating Johnny Gargano. Look at all the Fantasma forum to protect Santos Escobar and his pursuit of gold. They were formed in response, hoping Isaiah's or Scott captured the NXT North American Championship and the two stables will finally clash in a tag team match. The NXT Breakout Tournament was already introduced unique stars or unique new stars to the NXT universe. The two men of the first round would fight to claim the final spot in the semifinals. Trey Baxter versus Joey Gacy. Or Joey. Joe Gacy. The show has included a few must-watch matches including Roderick Strong taking on the one and only Bobby Fish. But also LA Knight and Cameron Grimes would be teaming up for the first time against the Grizzly Young Veterans. And of course, the return to the ring of the returning Rich Hollins. This show promised much with NXT TakeOver looming. Hearing Cross versus Samoa Joe may have already been signed, but Dakota Kai was also looking to book her ticket, explaining her brutal attack over Kogan's Oz. And so, the stage was set for this huge, huge night. So tonight's NXT on Sci-Fi opens over the repackage, looking at the happenings of last week's show and hyping tonight's episode, including like what happened between Samoa Joe and Karen Car Cross, what happened between Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai, and much more of the craziness, of course. The Lover and Loser match coming up tonight. So that's a lot of the stuff to look forward to here tonight. <clears throat> so we're then live at the Capitol Wrestling Center. As Vic Justin welcomes us, and he has joined the ring somebody Ray Barrett and Hall of Famer Beth Phoenix. We go right to the ring, and out comes Hit Row, Shante The Adonis, and Top Dollar AJ Francis with North American champion Isaiah Scott, and of course, the Fab Rihanna Brandy. Alyssa Taylor introduces them as they make their way to the ring. And then out comes next, Legado del Fantasma, Raul Mendoza. Joaquin Wild, Joaquin Wild, and Santos Escobar. Escobar then lead him to the ring as Hit Row waits and stirs him down. Wild then takes his Lucha mask off before they enter the ring. And so, we are getting ready for a match here tonight as Hit Row's AJ Francis, or Top Doll AJ Francis, and Ashante Theodonis will be teaming up to take on team of Legado de Vitesmos, Raul Mendoza, and Joaquin Wild. Who's going to get the victory? I have no idea, but we're going to find out right here, right now. And so once everyone is ready to go, the bell rings and the matches of the way as the two teams go at it. Dalla drops Mendoza and closes him to the floor as Adonis sends Wild to the floor as easily Hit Row gets the upper hand. Hit Row stands tall as well, the Mendoza regroup, but that's going on ringside. That's an Mendoza. Excuse me, Adonis. Adonis and Mendoza go at it in the middle of the ring. Adonis gets the upper hand as he knows a big thrust into the corner and then again into the opposite corner. Adonis then whips Mendoza into the turnbuckles and he goes down hard. 
those eternities around in the corner with chops to get the op to get an opening. But then our donuts fights right back and yells a DDT in the middle of the ring to take Mendoza down. That's when Mendoza Mendoza. That's when Adonis goes to the top for the crossbody, but he lands hardest and Mendoza quickly got out of the way. That's when Wild tags in and stumps Adonis as Mendoza holds him down. Wild continues to work Adonis over as the crowd rallies. Uh, as the crowd rallies for Legado del Fantasmo. That's when Adonis suddenly comes back with some offense of its own with a neck breaker to take Wild down. Adonis continues with the offense as he takes Wild into the corner and he goes down. That's when Dala tags in and works on Wild's arm to soften it up. But then Dala lifts Wild by his arm and holds him high in the air. And But then Wild tries to fight free, but then Dala levels him with a humongous clothesline. Dala starts turning as while placing Wild on the top turbuckle. He then launches him across the ring to the mat. Dala then starts turning Wild in the corner and delivers a big chop to the chest. Adonis and Tags back in and they double team Wild but he fights both of them up from the corner. That's when Wild nails a Hercron at Dalla, but it's blocked with a double team. Adonis suddenly with a roll up for the pin but Wild kicks out by two. That's when Adonis continues with the offense as he nails a clothesline to Wild to take him down. Wild tries to go for a kick, but Adonis catches it and drops Wild once more. That's when, that's when Adonis nails a big flapjack and continues to keep Wild down. That's when Esquire suddenly gets on the apron to cause a distraction. Beef Evans sort of do the same thing, but the referee is distracted, allowing Mendoza to drop Adonis at ringside. That's when Wild then launches Adonis into the plexiglass barrier, and Esquire then taunts hit row and drops down off the apron as he heads commercial with Mendoza and Wild. Getting an opening, or I should say, Legado del Fantasma getting an opening so far in this match. We then head back to commercial. We've been through for the break, and Wild has been in control of Adonis in this match as Asbor continues to look on from ringside. That's when Wild continues to ground Adonis in the middle of the ring as the fans try to rally for him. But Adonis was able to fight out, but then Wild easily cuts off his opening. As well, runs him into the corner. That's when Wild continues with the offense as he knows a running corner clothesline to Adonis. Mendoza attacks in with the same move. Wild then tags back in with another with another running corner clothesline. And Mendoza with one more corner clothesline. That's when both Wild and Mendoza del deliver double suplex. Uh, deliver a double suplex to Adonis and Mendoza. Then covers on Adonis for the pin, but Adonis takes out at two. That's when Adonis tries to fight up and out of a hold, but then that's when it leads into Adonis training counters with Mendoza. But then Adonis was about to get a knee strike from Mendoza, but Adonis ducks it and drops Mendoza into the corner. That's when Dalla and Wild tag in at the same time. Dalla runs Wild and also takes out Mendoza. And then Dalla goes to run the ropes from the next war, smacks him. But Escobar suddenly smacks him in the back with a steel chair for the disqualification to end the match just like that. After the match, or after the bell, Escobar pulls Dalla out and sends him into the steel ring steps. Adonis is also taken out by Weld and Mendoza. That's when Scott 
Texas Rainbow and Wilder Mendoza double team him. He holds Scott down as Escobar brings in Cherry into the ring to keep up with the attack. That's when Santos puts his fingers in Swerve's mouth and rips out Swerve's grill and holds it in the air. The triple team to Swerve continues as B-Fab yells from the ringside and the fans boo. That's when Dalla has recovered at ringside and he is absolutely seething. That's when the Gallo the Fantasma taunts Dalla from the ring, but then B-Fab suddenly comes from behind and drops well with a chair shot to the back. Escobar and Wild turn around, but this allows Dalla to rush to the ring and attack. But Escobar retreats to the stage and watches as Hit Row takes out Wild and Mendoza with more power moves. That's when Legado de Vitesma regroups on the stage as Hit Row taunts him for the ring, but still, Escobar still has, uh, still has Scott's grill. So, this, of course, this wasn't a complete, uh, complete match, but the action was strong throughout. While the Mendoza sold well for Dalla while keeping the heat by wearing down our donuts when they have control. The story was especially effective. The group was brought together to protect Swerve. Cena later only motivated the remaining members to send the group reeling. And this feud is still heating up. I said this once last week, but I'll say this again. This has gotten uneven because, first of all, Hit Row has four members, three guys, and one woman. While well, Legado del Fantasmo only has three guys, no woman. So it has been uneven for the past few weeks because, well, Legado del Fantasmo has been, of course, focused on the, the three guys. Well, BFAV can still be the advantage for Hit Row because, of course, she's a girl and guys can attack girls. So. The only way for Legado del Fantasma to be even with Hit Row is if they had a girl join their faction. If there's no girl for that faction, then Legado del Fantasma will always be uneven with Hit Row. That's something to keep in mind. Maybe, maybe Legado del Fantasma will find a woman wrestler who can step into the faction and be alongside like out of the Vitesma as they take on Hit Row. That could be something to, to take note of. So after that, we then see NXT General Manager Willie Rico and his security team approach Samoa Joe backstage. Rico says, now that you are an active competitor again, these guards uh, will be staying with you to make sure that you and the NXT champion can cross that we check each other before WrestleMania, not WrestleMania, before TakeOver 36. After that, we then see how Ridge Holland returned last week, helping Pete Dunne and Orly Lurkin take out Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa. Holland will make his in-ring return tonight. That is coming up next. We then head back to commercial. We return for the break, and we see, how, we see Dexter Lumis backstage with some of his drawings for the way, including a special drawing of Indy Hartwell and Dexter in love with each other, it says index beautiful thing as of course tonight it will be the lover or losing match between John Gargano and Dexter Loomis and whoever wins will be the fate or some would say will be the fate the decision or the whoever wins could potentially be the fate of Indy 
while the other one could be the happy ending for Indy. So after that, we then head back to the ring, and out comes Ridge Holland making his in-ring return since a very long time. I mean, he has been injured for quite some time, and he has been rehabbing for a very long time, but he is finally back, and this is going to be pretty crazy. Pete Dunne and Only Lurkin are a few steps behind him, as of course, these three are all a faction. Ikemen, uh, Ikemen Jiro is waiting in the ring, as he is Holland's opponent. Holland is carrying a baton, which he hangs on the ring post. Once everyone is ready to go, the ref calls to the bell, and Holland quickly locks up with Jiro, taking Jiro to the ropes. Holland gets the upper hand as he nails an aggressive headlock, but Jiro tries to fight up, and then Holland lowers him with a big uppercut. That's when Holland drops a knee to the face and grounds Jiro with a headlock. The fans try to rally for Jiro, and he fights out, out with a jawbreaker. That's when Jiro tries to mount some offense, which strikes to try to get an opening, but then Holland catches Jiro and then places him on the top rope and knocks him out to the floor to cut off Jiro's offense. The referee then yells at Holland and he starts smiles. He starts to smile. That's when Holland continues to stalk Jiro at ringside as he then grabs Jiro and then sends him into the barrier with a pounce. Holland continues to dominate Jiro at ringside and then brings it back in as this whole entire match has made at the upper hand of Holland. Holland continues with the offense as he launches Jiro with a big overhead suplex to knock him down. The fans continue to boo as Holland and takes Jiro's jacket off, which he tries to keep on for his matches, but not in this case as it's now completely off of him. Holland then drops Jiro again and then tosses the jacket out of the ring as the boos continue. Holland continues to taunt Jiro, you know, excuse me, Jiro, Absolutely disrespectful. But Jiro tries to get up and then Holland launches Jiro with another big suplex to take him down once more. What in the world is going on? Holland has just been dominating this whole entire match. The fans start chanting, you suck to Holland. As Holland yells another big suplex. Holland then yells at Jiro while he's struggling to get up. As Holland... Stuns Jiro with another big suplex, then drives Jiro into the mat, into the center of the ring. He then covers on Jiro for the pin, but of course, Joe just looks absolutely emotionless as Holland gets a 1, 2, and 3, and Holland is your victor. After the match, Holland stands tall as his music hits. Donald Lorcan join him. Holland then sends Jiro to the floor next to the announce table. Holland then grabs his cabin baton, standing with Don Lorcan. Don is uh, motioning over for a mic to say what these three guys can do. The fans start to be with Don, put Holland over, taunting and threatening Tabasu Champion to be the Thatcher over what happened last week. And Don then says, We are the three most dangerous men in NXT. And we challenge anyone else. To prove us wrong. But Jiro continues to be disrespected, especially him getting his jacket taken off of him, even though he loves to have that jacket on him. 
This was, of course, a good reintroduction to the destructive force of Holland. He was a rugby player who was too violent for the sport, the physique to the match, some sort of destructive man. Uh, some of the most destructive men in, in WWE. Gunn works on, as his mouthpiece, having found his full confidence on the mic. The group comes off as a dangerous, even outright unstoppable, adding another important trio to NXT. It will be interesting to see if Tommaso and Timothy Thatcher can find a third man to match them. I mean, there is quite a lot of, of crazy men out there, but I think we have to, well, as... As uh, Tommaso Chavo did say, as uh, as mocking the Grizzling of Veterans. And they are grizzled and they are veterans. So it looks like they might have to find someone who is a veteran and they are grizzled just like Tommaso Chavo and Timothy Thatcher. So we'll see what exactly happens with that. So something to look forward to and go into the next few weeks as we get ready for TakeOver 36. So after that, we didn't see McKenzie Mitchell is backstage with Frankie Monet. Robert Stone and Jessica Mayo. Mackenzie breaks up the loss from last week to Casey Kenzadaro and Caden Carter. Monet then stops Stone from speaking. Monet then blames the loss on Stone and says, Stone and Camille are used, are used to losing because they are losers. If this little group is going to work, I must, or it must be remote, rebuilt in my image, my way, and my rules. Monet then turns to Stone and says, Take it or leave it. And then Stone says he will take it. And so Monet then walks off and Camille follows. And Stone follows him going on about how he will take the offer, not leave it. After that, we then get a brief promo for Roderick Strong versus Bobby Fish. As that is coming up next. We return for the rake and we get our Trey Baxter promo for tonight's breakout tournament match against Joe Casey. So we go right to the ring and out comes Bobby Fish. The fans champ Bobby as Fish hits the ring. Out comes next, the Diamond Mine. Roderick Strong with Malcolm Bivins. Hickman and Tyler Rust. Once everyone's ready to go, the bell rings and the matches of the way as they lock up, tingling into the ropes and backing away. Strong hits the overhand as he works on Fish's arm as the fans champ Bobby even more, as of course they are all rooting for Bobby in this match. Fish and Strong break from the ropes and lock up once more. But then Fish gets the upper hand this time as he drops Strong and kicks his way up and then Strong dodges it. That's when Fish knows a headlock to Strong. Fish continues with the offense as he knows a knee to the gut of Strong. Fish then drops Strong with a shoulder. Fish went for an another move and then Strong catches him with a knee to the gut of his own. That's when Strong Continues with the offense as he nails a takedown into a headlock. The fans try to rally for Fish, but Fish turns the offense around on the mat and then rams Strong into the turnbuckles. That's when Fish nails a body blows in the corner as the referee warns him. Fish continues with the offense as he nails a snap suplex to Strong, then goes right into a headlock, grounding Strong all around the ring. But then Strong suddenly turns the offense around as he as Malcolm Bivens encourages him from ringside. They both get back up and Fish takes Strong down and kicks him in the back. Fish then beats Strong into the corner, but then Strong fights out with kicks. They trade big strikes, but then Fish kicks a leg out and then Strong goes down. 
fish and puts a knee to the face to keep strong down in the corner. Vivian starts to look concerned at ringside as fish continues to work strong over uh, in full control of the offense. But then strong tries to look to turn things around, but then fish levels strong with a kick. We head to a picture and picture commercial with fish in control of this match so far. We return for the break and fish kicks strong into the corner again, but then strong comes out of the Come out, comes out of the corner with a big strike to draw fish. The diamond mine celebrates at ringside as Strong gets hit at the offense as he stomps away on fish while fish is down in the corner. Strong continues to kick fish and then covers on him for the pin, but fish kicks him out too. Fish continues to fight Strong off and then Strong delivers a suplex. He then covers on fish again, but fish kicks him out too. Strong continues with the offense as he keeps fish down with a headlock. Fish tries to fight up, but then Strong cuts off his offense once more with a backbreaker. He then covers on Fish once more for the pin, but Fish kicks out at two. Strong continues to keep control of the offense and delivers another backbreaker in the middle of the ring. Strong then grounds Fish with a submission to, and keeps it locked in. But Fish tries to fight up and out, but, the, but that's when it leads into Fish and Strong trading strikes between each other. But then Fish the upper hand with the strikes as he drops strong with an elbow and a kick. That's when Fish nails more big strikes to take Strong down. Strong keeps coming, but then Fish back kicks him and delivers a standing clothesline to take Fish down. He then covers on Fish and covers on Strong for the pin, but Strong kicks him at two. Fish continues with the offense as he nails a knee strike to Strong. Fish and drops Strong again. And delivers a submission from behind. But then Strong backs him into the corner and breaks up the hold. And that's when Strong takes advantage and nails a modified belly to belly. No, excuse me, the belly to back suplex. The Diamond Mind continues to st coach Strong from ringside as Strong continues the offense as he nails a, nails a few strikes to, to fish against the ropes. Strong then nails a running form to fish, then a face buster. He then covers on. Fish for the pin, but Fish barely kicks him at two. Strong puts Fish into a hold, but Fish fights out and then drops Strong with a roundhouse kick. He then covers on Strong for the pin, but Strong kicks him at two. Bivens is even more worried at ringside as Fish continues the offense, but Fish suddenly gets knocked off the turnbuckle, sent into the floor by Strong. That's when Strong brings Fish back into the ring, but then Fish suddenly rolls him up for the pin, but Fish. Kicks oh uh, no excuse me strong kicks out at two. That's when strong knows a jump jumping stiff jumping needs a drop fish. That's when strong then delivers a humongous backbreaker on fish. He then covers on fish for the pin and he gets the one, two, and three as Roger Strong is your winner. After the match, strong stands to in the middle of the ring. As the music hits, we gotta replace them and come back to see the diamond mine standing over fish to end the segment. Strong and Fish absolutely have chemistry and they're both good wrestlers. That has not been clear for a long time. However, a well wrestling match. Uh, a well wrestling match definitely has some pretty good things. This was a solid match, of course, of these two former Undisputed Era members.
I do wonder if this feud will continue because, of course, you got to remember these two are former UE members. And so maybe he will cross paths one more or will the Diomai continue with other opponents to go against? We'll find out sooner or later. After that, we then see Cameron Grimes backstage with LA Knight. Knight needs to know that he can trust Grimes against the Grizzly on veterans tonight. Grimes, so in his butler attire, goes in about, you know, he is a man of his word and says, I will be there for for you, Knight. But will you have my back? Knight then says, I want to make the million dollar title look bad. I guarantee that I will have your back if you have my back. Knight then makes makes Grimes shine his boot before they head out to the ring. And so that tag team match between the Ellen between Ellen Knight and Karen Grimes versus the Brazilian veterans is coming up next. Well, Ellen Knight and Karen Grimes work together as a team and actually pull off a victory of the GYV. Or will GYV shut them down? And the tension between Cameron Grimes and Ellen that continues. We're going to find that out coming up next. We'll be right back after the break. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with the break for the next few seconds of matches of the August 3rd edition of NXT. Before the break, we went over our first match of the night, which was Hit Rose, Riona, Shante Theodonis, and Top Dollar taking on Blackout de Vitesmos, Raul Mendoza, and Joe King Wild. Hit Row brought the fight to Blackout de Vitesmos for the bow. Once things come down, Top Dollar threw around Joe King Wild with ease. Santos Ward distracted the referee, which allowed Wild to put Adonis outside and throw him into the barricade. As Top Dollar took back control of the match, Escobar pulled back or pulled the big man outside and hit him with a steel chair. In the chaos, Lagarde Vitesma attacked Isaiah Scott and ripped the grill out of his mouth. BFAB with a steel chair and Dollar worked together to send Escobar running. After that, we then had Rich Holland making his in ring return to take on Eekman Jiro. Eekman Jiro tried to jump at Ridge Holland to open up the match, but he barely made a mark on the former rugby player. Holland hit a pounce outside and then sent Jiro into the barricade. Then Holland rips off Jiro's jacket before finishing him off with a normal lights bomb. Holland threw Jiro out of the ring and afterward allowed Pete Don to speak undisturbed. The breezeway then put over his crew in, with Orny Lurkin and Holland is the most dangerous trio in NXT. And last but not least, we then had Roderick Strong taking on the one and only former Undisputed Era member, Bobby Fish. A video package showed was shown ahead of the match, recapping Roderick Strong's interview while adding Bobby Fish's own words for his former fellow Undisputed Era member. Fish showed that he had a plan early connecting on a barrage of kicks and forearms. The worried Malcolm Bivens early, you know, excuse me, this worried Malcolm Bivens early, but Strong fired back with the signature backbreakers. As Fish found his comeback, Strong threw him over the top rope to, to empathetically uh, take out his opponent. And Messiah of the backbreaker planted his rival with the end of the heartache for the victory. Later in the night, Kushida accepted or has something to take note of for later today. I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say the rest of that, but we'll save that for later. So the Messiah of the Backbreaker playing his rival with the end, the end of heartache for the victory. 
And so now we are getting ready for the next match of the night, which is a tag team match, and that is the one and only Elliot Knight and Cameron Grimes taking on the Grizzly Young Veterans. So we return for the break, and out comes Million Dollar Champion Elliot Knight and Hit Butler Cameron Grimes. Out next are the Grizzly Young Veterans, GYV, James Drake, and Zach Gibson. Gibson cuts his usual promo on how they are soon to be recognized as NXT Tag Team Champions. Once everyone is ready to go, the ref calls to the bell and the match is on the way as Grimes is competing in his butler gear. And that's of course because Knight forced him to do that. So Grimes quickly takes control of the match so far or takes control of Gibson to start. But Knight tags himself in and takes over. Knight then goes to work on Gibson in the corner but then Drake suddenly second person himself allowing Gibson to load on Knight. That's when Drake then tags in and drops Knight. He then covers on Knight for the pin when Knight kicks away too. The fans chant for Grimes as he looks on from the apron. Drake goes for a suplex on Knight, but Knight counters it and delivers a neckbreaker to take Drake down. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's when Grimes sags in and nails a cross button to Drake from the top rope. That's when Drake and Gibson suddenly turn the offense right around on Grimes as he's as he was distracted by Knight. That's when Grimes excuse me, that's when Gibson starts beating Grimes into the corner, but Drake ties back in and they both double team Grimes. Drake then covers on Grimes with the pin, but Grimes kicks out at one. Gibson and Drake try to continue with the off with the double team, but Grimes fights it off and then sends Drake out to the floor. But then Gibson suddenly applies a sleeper hold to Grimes, but Grimes fights free and then backdrops Gibson to get an opening. That's when Grimes calls to attack, but then Knight drops down to the apron, leaving Grimes low in the ring. Why would he do that? And so the fans when a you suck chant starts up as Knight talks some trash to Grimes, telling him to handle it on his own. That's when Grimes takes off his jacket and fights off both opponents by himself. Grimes continues to control the offense and it was a double hurricanrano to Drake and Gibson. The fans chant for Grimes as he keeps control of both opponents. But then Grimes knows a flying crossway to Drake. He then covers on Drake for the pin, but Drake kicks out at two and a half. Grimes then unbuttons his shirt and gets a two to moon cheer, but Grimes distracts him to, to prevent the Cayman. And that's when Drake and Gibson get the upper hand as, he, as they hit Grimes with a ticket to mayhem. That's when Gibson covers on Grimes for the pin. And he gets the one, two, and three as the Grizzly Young veterans hit the victory. After the match, Gibson and Strake stand tall in, in the ring as we get a replace. Then we come back to Grimes recovering and as Drake and Gibson talk trash on the ramp. Knight has disappeared. That's when Hall of Famer Million Dollar Man Chad DiBiase comes down and talks to Grimes saying he warned Grimes that Knight would be there for him. Ted then says... You have to find a way to get out of this situation. That's when Ted helps Grimes to the back. So it was this was a great story told in the ring. Grimes and Knight could be a good tag team, but it was clear to everyone but Grimes that Knight would be returning this butler. When the technical savage realized that Knight had spoken his word, they fired out Grimes to the best energized moment of the night. The crowd was on fire for him. Of all the stories on the XT, nothing has managed this for the crowd investment. 
So after that, still to come, the Karakai will explain the return of McKelgan to us that happened last week. And that is coming up next. We then head back to commercial. We return to the break and we get a promo for some Force Mojo to hype this match with NXT Chapman Kieran Cross at TakeOver 36. They don't just show us how the Kodakai turned on NXT Women's Champion Raquel Gonzalez last week. We then get a video package with now Kai talking about how she first saw Gonzalez. Gonzalez. Kai says, I first saw Gonzalez 18 months ago and I needed someone I could trust. If it wasn't for me, Gonzalez would be nothing. It was simple at first. Gonzalez was to stand behind me, watch, and learn. Be there when I needed her. And then Gonzalez ran through everyone and become a became a star on her own. I let Gonzalez get those wins. Let's be real. Everyone knew who the leader was. Yoshua picked Gonzalez as their takeover send delivery challenger. Gonzalez selfishly stole my opportunity for me. And then with my help, she won the championship. That would have been me. All I wanted for All I wanted for Gonzalez to return the favor. Let me win the title. And regain the NIC women's tag team championships. I was known as Raquel's sidekick from that moment on, and I'm no one's sidekick. The only back I should have had is my own. What's so funny about all this is that Gonzalez saw none of this coming because she is so wrapped up in her own stuff. Gonzalez said there was no one left to challenge her, but what about me? I brought Gonzalez into this world, and now I will take her out of it. When I become NXT Women's Champion. Wow, that was very deep. Very, very deep. This was definitely the promo of Kai's career. Well, I hoped by this was well, I hoped obviously helped back up what, what happened last week. This was Ultimately driven by the intensity on the captain of Team Kick, she reshaped the narrative of, of the whole angle, explaining exactly when Kali decided she was going to turn on Gonzalez. If, it feels, still feels more likely the story will end with Gonzalez standing tall as a babyface champion, but however, Kai has most certainly earned her own one as champion. And right, this could be the moment NXT rewards sort of its most loyal reverence. But you never know what could happen. This could be one of the most... This can certainly... This could certainly be... One of the most personal matches in NXT to date. Quite possibly. I mean, seriously. This just seems so, it just seems so personal to the point, it's just, 
it feels too personal, but that's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be super personal because that's exactly what this whole entire thing has been. Over 18 months, these two have been best friends. But now it's all came down to an end, and now Kai is looking to end it all. This is going to get crazy. I just know for sure. So... Uh, when when Kai and Gonzalez were together, I always thought of them as a as a heel. It was someone who was a it was a team that you just felt like giving hate towards. Unless if you're fans of Kai and Gonzalez, then for the rest of us, or if you were fans of Gonzalez and Kai, and of course you had you had of course your own group, and then of course a lot of the other fans, of course, it's like. Kai and Gonzalez, because of course they were dominating a lot. They were cheating sometimes because of course Kai was letting allowing cheating from ringside and stuff like that, allowing Gonzalez to retain, allowing her to win the NXT championship in the first place. Because of course, if it wasn't for EO, uh if it wasn't for Kai, EO Shrive could have still been NXT women's champion. Just think about that. There's a lot of things. There's a lot to think about with all this. I mean, it's just a a topic that can just go on for hours. Like basically, most of us thought of most of us thought of Kai and Gonzalez as a heel, and we disliked them because we're cheating and doing all this crazy stuff. Well, some of us, well, others, well, some of us as well, but of course, also go for Raquel Gonzalez as well. So Raquel and Kai. So. Now at this time, it feels like you just have to feel bad for Raquel. I mean, we used to, like, some of us would, would hate Gonzalez and Kai. But now, because of what Kai just did, some of us probably feel bad for Gonzalez. Because she had no idea. And we're getting, we had all this hate towards her that wasn't even her fault. It was all Kai. Kai was the reason why we all dislike Gonzalez. And now, because Kai did the thing that she did last week, it just, it just feels like you gotta be, feel bad for Gonzalez because she had no idea this was coming. And while Kai thinks it's funny that Kai didn't see the, that Gonzalez didn't see this company, some of us probably feel bad for Gonzalez. And so Gonzalez seemed like a heel, but now she's turning more into a baby face at this time. So I have no idea what to think about going to the next few weeks, but this is going to get pretty crazy. I just know for sure. So after that, <clears throat> after that incredible, incredible promo by Kai, we then see Mackenzie Mitchell is backstage with John Gargano and Candice Ray. They talk about how big tonight's Love or Loser match against Dustin Loomis is going to be and how they only they know what's best for Indy Hartwell. Gargano listens says, the fate of the family and the fate of Indy's life rests in my hands, and I must do whatever it takes to protect, protect Indy. Gargano says, tonight, I will end Index. And then, of course, uh, Gargano's wife, Lorray, says, he will end it for good. They both walk off. We're gonna get a quick video promo on Joe Gacy where tonight's 
breakout tournament against Trey Baxter, and that is coming up next. We then head back to commercial. We return with the Reagan. Vic says Adam Cole is not currently medically cleared to wrestle. And so we then see how Kyle Riley attacked Cole last week after the main event win over Bronson Reed. There will be a face-to-face segment between Cole and Riley next week, moderated by NXT General Manager Willie Regal. That is going to be exciting. And also, you got to remember, next week, NXT will be returning back to USA because the Olympics will be over. So after that, we then go back to ring for the final first-round match of the 2021 NXT Breakout Tournament. As outcomes first... Trey Baxter. Now for that, out comes next, Joe Gacy. Of course, the winner of this match will face RDC Jones in the semifinals. Once everyone is ready to go, the ref calls the bell and the match is on the way as they both lock up. But Gacy gets the upper hand as he takes Baxter to the ropes. Baxter goes behind with him. Gacy shoves him into the corner with ease. Baxter goes behind with him. Gacy launches Baxter across the ring. Gacy then runs into a boot from Baxter. Baxter then continues with the offense as he knows a close line, but then suddenly Gacy cuts off the offense as he levels Baxter with a forearm. Gacy continues to keep control with, the, with his power, but then Baxter kicks him away. That's when Gacy scoops up Baxter for a slam, but then Baxter, no, excuse me, Baxter slides out and then jaw kicks him. Baxter goes for a suicide dive to the floor, but then Gacy catches him in midair and levels him with a big right hand. That's when Gacy brings uh, Baxter back into the ring and he grounds Baxter as a fans rally for him. But then this then leads more back and forth between each other. But then Baxter gets your hand as he ends up with Gacy. No, excuse me. But then Baxter ends up with Gacy's back with a sleeper but then Gacy slams into the mat. That's when Baxter continues to keep fighting with the offense from the mat as he kicks Gacy in the head. Gacy continues to the offense as he rocks him and delivers another stiff forearm. Gacy you nails know, a big strikes against the ropes to Baxter. Gacy then nails a big suplex from the apron to the bell of the ring. It looks like he might have put this away as Gacy covers on Baxter for the pin, but Baxter kicks away too. The fans do the dueling chance as Gacy continues to keep control, but misses a splash in the corner. That's when Baxter takes control and takes Gacy down from the top. Gacy goes to the floor, but then Baxter nails a suicide dive, then another to take Gacy down at ringside. Baxter then goes back in and runs the ropes again, but then this time flying out with a moonsault from the ring. The fans pop. But then Gacy suddenly gets up first as the fans chant NXT. Baxter then fights his way back in. He then covers on Gacy for the pin, but Gacy kicks him out too. That's when Baxter ends up Gacy's back again. Gacy turns into the corner and then slams Baxter into the turnbuckles with a big cannonball. That's when Gacy then takes Baxter to the top, but then Baxter suddenly sends Gacy to the mat and does a 450 stomp. He then covers and then covers and Gacy with a pin, and it gets a 1, 2, and 3, and Trey Baxter is the winner. After the match, Baxter stands tall and celebrates as his music hits. We get a replays, and we come back to see Gacy recovering a ringside. As we get an updated look at the breakout tournament, Baxter versus Jones, and Duke Hudson versus Carmelo Hayes are confirmed for the semifinals. What an absolute crazy match between these two. I mean, you would think that the Gaze would win this match because 
of course, a decisive advantage. But Baxter proved everyone wrong. And even though he was a smaller competitor, he still took down Gacy and got the victory. And that was just absolutely incredible. I just cannot believe that happened. But... We gotta know about that Casey was a decently well known name when he headed to NXT. And this was a great moment to give him a spotlight. Baxter, of course, looked really good. And, and of course, Casey did hit up. They get a few more, they get a few big moves in that match. But of course, Baxter was one on top. But of course, we got to look forward to the semi-final match between Baxter and Odyssey Jones. And I'm pretty excited to see what in the world is going to happen with that. So for that, we're then the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, Io Shirai and Zoe Stark at a juicy restaurant for dinner. Shirai, of course, is still interested and their friendship. Starkin says, I want to form a um, I want to form a bond like you had with Kyrie Zane. This is exactly what we needed to do. Mr. Shirai then orders food in Japanese, but Stark doesn't know what she's saying. And so Starkin says, I will have what she's having. And so later the food arrives and Starks, of course, hates Shushi. So of course Shirai's enjoying the food while Stark just acts like she is. Shirai is then distracted by the witches while Stark then tosses a plate of squid against the wall. They then go to leave and then Stark then says, oh, Stark thinks Shirai and says, and then goes to give her a hug, thinking her up and then Shirai always a hood, hug and then thinks. And then thinks instead and then sticks her with the bill. And so Shirai walks over and then Stark then asks the witches about she and Sarai being friendly with each other. But then Waitress then says, We didn't know each other before, no. And then they just spoke in the same language. And so then asks the Waitress, But she's from Japan, and of course she isn't. The Waitress then says, I'm from Kansas. And so a light bulb appears to go off and starts Ked. And she goes to take some of the food with her, but she changes her mind and just walks off. So it looks like things are, uh, things are, uh, not working out or Sark is just trying to do anything she can to just make a bond with Shirai and just make her actual partners. But of course, Stark didn't like Shushi whatsoever. It made it seem like she was enjoying it and stuff like that, but obviously she didn't like it. But maybe that's kind of worked out today. Maybe it didn't work out. I don't know, but we're going to potentially find out sooner and later. But anyway, we return with the rake and we see Mackenzie Mitchell is backstage with Indy Hartwell. Mackenzie asked, who is Indy pulling for tonight? Indy says, it's complicated. On one hand, you have family and true love on the other. I'm not saying I'm pulling for Dexter, but if Johnny, Johnny and Candace would give him, a sh give him a shot, they'd see that he's not really a bad guy. That's misunderstood. 
tonight we'll find out if it's meant to be or not. And so the announcers are talking about tonight's main event when out of nowhere, NXT champion Karen Cross storms over the mic. Justin Cross stands on top of the announce table and addresses Samoa Joe as a fans yell and boot out Cross. Cross and says, you took Joe, you quit your job thinking you can make a change around here, but you couldn't do it then and you won't be able to do it now. Who provoked who? Storm then Joe suddenly storms to ringside as Cross retreats through the crowd. Security tries to stop Joe but then he fights all of them off. Joe then enters the ring and continues dropping security guards. Then Joe then applies the Karakuna clutch to one court to one guard. And the fans chant Joe as he puts the guard to sleep. And then Joe then stands so and yells out as his music hits as he is absolutely livid. That was crazy. That was absolutely crazy. Joe continues to grow more unhinged in his pursuit of Cross. In a way, he feels like Sometimes it feels like he's losing his chance to truly match the NXT champion, but it still continually will be likely Drew Joe will continue to run through cross. So I don't know what's gonna happen, but that was pretty crazy. So after that we then had oh no excuse me. The announcers then lead us into a prime target video preview. Uh, Aja Dragunov versus NXT Champion Walter rematch, which takes place at TakeOver 36 during the SummerSlam weekend. This video includes comments from Triple H, Billy Rico, Dragunov, and Walter. I can't explain what this Prime Target had because it was just so incredible, but you can just tell. This is going to be absolutely one of the most brutal matches ever in NXT UK history. Even though, of course, this is not going to be taking place in UK, this is going to be taking place in North America. You just know that this is going to be a super physical match. It's going to be brutal. I can tell that by the end of this match, none of these guys are going to be moving because it's just going to be literally 50-50 to the max. I just know for sure. The challenger had an incredible match with a champion previously that set up this rematch. He is the only man in NXT UK that feels like he might be able to stop Walter. If he doesn't, who will? I mean, seriously. Walter has been champion for over 800 days. Over 800 days and he's still the champion. I mean, seriously. Champion for over 800 freaking days. So who's going to be the one to stop him? Is Dragunov finally going to be the one to, to take him out of with? his throne and become the new NXT UK champion or Walter continues to be the dominant champion and still be champion 800 days and counting you're not gonna have to find out for rest for takeover 36 so for that still to come coming up next will be or still come later tonight it will be the lover a loser main event we then head back to commercial
Battle of the Week, we get a promo from the NXT Cruiserweight Champion, Kushida, who is impressed with Roger Strong's win over Bobby Fish. And so, Kushida will give him a title shot. And so, announced next week is that the NXT Women's Champion, Raquel Gonzalez, will be responding to Kota Kai. And also, Ember Moon will be taking on Saray. And of course, an appearance by Aija Dragunov. Dragunov. This is going to be huge. Dragunov is making his appearance. Will Walter make his appearance? I have no idea, but potentially he could. But I don't know. This could be a pretty huge next week because we already have a pretty big week already. I mean, the face-off between Kyle Raleigh and Adam Cole. Now, of course... Uh, Kushida, no, excuse me, that's probably for TakeOver 37, it's 36, but now you have Mikhail Gonzalez responding to Kota Kai, Ember Moon taking on Saray, and Aja Dragunov, I mean, it's going to be a humongous next week, I mean, humongous, I just tell that a lot of these matches, a lot of these segments, it's going to be very, very tense, and so, but that being said, you know, have made it to our main event. The winner, I'm not saying not winner, the lover or loser match or lever match between Dexter Lewis and Jared Gargano. Who's going to be the winner? Or Indy, bitter lover, or overall Johnny, Johnny, and Index, and Indy, Candice, and Johnny will all move on and continue their legacy as the way. We're going to find that out coming up next. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back to the rake from the main event of the August 3rd edition of NXT. It's been a crazy night so far, especially with the last few crazy segments we have been going over before our last break. So before the last break, we went over our next match of the night, which was Cameron Grimes and LA Knight taking on the Grizzly Young veterans. So Cameron Grimes checked with LA Knight before the match to make sure his boss had his boss. Knight promised to help him, but it forced Grimes to work in his butler attire. The Grizzly Young veterans ran down the on-ball tag team in front of them on his way to the ring. The technical savage planted James Drake with a crossbody when Knight Accidentally distracting his partner, allowing Gibson to get a hot tag to take down Grimes. Grimes and Carl down to the corner gave Knight a hot tag, but the million dollar champion jumped off the apron and left Grimes alone, making his word. The technical savage fired out, but he still ran into the ticket to mayhem. That's when DBS confronted Grimes at the edge of the ring and told him that he had to find his way out of the deal before helping him to the back. After that, we then had Dakota Kai explaining why she, got, why she attacked Raquel Gonzalez. <clears throat> Dakota explained that Raquel Gonzalez has been taking her spotlight away. She refused to be her sidekick, and for the woman she mentored straight to the top, she mocked the NXT Women's Champion for never seeing the turn coming. After that, we then had the breakout tournament, or the final breakout tournament first round match, which is Trey Baxter taking on Joe Casey. Trey Baxter and Joe Casey had, had much to say in the Vignettes ahead of this match. Easy came out swinging at Baxter, throwing him on his weight. Baxter found just enough separation to dive onto the big man repeatedly. The big man rolled back into the ring, 
clearly dazed by the onslaught of southern offense. Baxter followed him in with an impressive innovative offense that kept the action moving. Finally, Baxter hit the fourth of the sub for the victory, and Baxter moves on to the semifinals. And after that, we then had Zoe Stark trying to form a bond with Io Shirai. In this segment, Io and Stark went to a Shisi restaurant, and throughout this whole time, Stark was trying to form a bond with Io by thinking that she liked this. Um, as Stark trying to make it seem like she enjoyed the sushi and Stark enjoyed the same exact meal that Shirai liked before, and stuff like that. That was just very random, but also pretty funny, as to say the least. And last but not least, we then had just Mojo attacking security. So, Rico told Samojo that he had brought security to keep Joe and Karen Cross away from each other further today. And a video package was shown for the history of Joe and Cross. The Herald of Doomsday arrived before the main event, standing on the announced team to mock Joe. The Simone submission specialist pushed right through the wall of security, but Cross disappeared, leaving a poor security guard to take the security coup. Kokina Clutch. Then NXT showed a prime target vignette on the referee of Walter versus Aja Dragunov, which will be happening at TakeOver 36. And so now we are ready for the main event the lover loser match between Johnny Gagano and Dexter Loomis to seal what happens for Indy. Does she get her man? Or will the way stop it from happening? Or will Johnny stop it from happening? We're going to find out coming up right now. So we go back to ring for tonight's main event as Johnny Gargano comes out by himself. How comes next? He won an early Dexter Loomis. Of course, if Gargano wins, the Loomis and the Hartwell relationship is over. But if Loomis wins, Gargano and Candace must give it a chance. Once everyone is ready to go, the ref is on the well. The ref rings the bell, and the match is on the way as Gargano starts turning Loomis with a t-shirt and talks some trash about Loomis wanting Indy. And so both men lock up, and Gargano gets the urbanity and applies a headlock. But then this leads it back and forth between each other, but then that's when Loomis gets the upper hand as he knows a big job kick. That's when Loomis crawls at Gargano, terrifying him and then backing him out of the corner. Gargano starts pleading, but then suckers Loomis in and goes to work on him. That's when Gargano gives a suplex to Loomis on the, on the floor on the bottom, bottom of the ramp as the referee counts at 10. That's when Gargano plays with the crowd, but then that's when Indy comes walking down the ramp to watch the action, as so Gargano rolls Loomis back in, then talks to Indy, apparently telling her to go to the back. Gargano then rolls back in, but then Loomis nails a thieves press to Gargano for the pop. That's when Loomis starts unloading on Gargano in the corner. <coughs> Loomis tried to go for more offense, but he runs through a boot in the corner from Gargano. That's when Gargano takes advantage and rocks Loomis with the right hand. And then Loomis was about to get a clothesline from Gargano, but he ducks it, but he slides under the bottom rope out to the floor to avoid Gargano. Loomis has disappeared, and so that's when Indy goes under the ring to find Loomis, but Indy has disappeared as well. And so that's when Candace comes walking to the ramp, and Candace and Johnny pull Indy from under the ring by her legs, but she comes out holding hands with Loomis. That's when Gargano starts attacking Loomis, sending him into the ring pose and the plexiglass barrier. Candace then talks to Indy as Gargano stands tall for Loomis, 
I mean, heads a picture-in-picture -picture commercial with Gargano in control of this match so far. You return for the break, and you're going at it. Loomis nails a big spine buster to Gargano is in the canvas watch from ringside. Loomis controls Gargano, dropping it with a corner clothesline and a big side suplex. Loomis then nails a leg drop onto Gargano. He then covers on Gargano for the pin, but Gargano kicks him out too. As Gargano nails a big suicide dive on Loomis, and he then... That's when Gargano yells up, yells at Beth, blaming her. That's when Loomis was about to get a slingshot spear from Gargano, but he blocks it and nails a slingshot falcon arrow in the middle of the ring. That's when Gargano is down, and Loomis then covers on Gargano for the pin, but Gargano barely kicks him at two and a half. Loomis then goes to the top, but he has to roll through as Gargano quickly got out of the way. And as Gargano comes back with some outfits of his own, as he nails a super kick. Loomis. He then covers on Loomis for the pin, but Loomis kicks out at two and a half. The fans start chanting for Indy and Loomis as Gargano and Loomis trade big strikes in the middle of the ring. But Gargano gets the upper hand as he nails a super kick, but then Gargano cannot put him away as Loomis rocks it. Loomis then stumbles to the ropes and locks eyes with Indy, and the fans chant for them to kiss. But then Loomis virtually tells Loomis. Lewis visually tells Indy that he's going to put, put Gargano away with the elbow. Because, of course, you got to remember, Lewis doesn't speak. And so Lewis then springboards in from the apron, but then misses the big elbow drop as Gargano got out of the way. That's when Gargano applies to Gargano escape right in front of Indy. And then Lewis then reaches out and Indy lets him rub her face. The hold is broken as Lewis gets the ropes and Gargano is distracted by Indy and Candice. That's when Loomis suddenly rolls up Gargano for the pin. It looks like to put this match away, but Gargano kicks out at two and a half. Loomis accidentally knocks Indy off the off the apron, but it was sent that way by Gargano. That's when Loomis drops Gargano and goes to the floor, concerned about Indy. But then that's when Gargano takes advantage and drops Loomis on the floor with a big DDT. That's when Gargano brings Loomis back in and nails the one final beat. He then covers on Loomis for the pin. And he gets the one, two, and the heartbreaking three. And Gargano is the winner. And the way and Indy has to move on from Dexter Loomis. Absolutely heartbreaking. After the match, Indy is disappointed as Gargano sits up and rolls to the floor. Gargano then hugs Indy to console her. The way and leaps off the ramp, but Indy stops to look back at Loomis. She keeps looking back and finally suddenly runs to the ring as a fans cheer on. Indy then jumps on Loomis and pin Loomis down and they start kissing in the middle of the ring. Gargano and Ray are disgusted and shocked as they watch for the ramp. Indy then sits on top of Loomis and looks back at Gargano and Ray. And that's when, that's when Indy goes back to kissing Loomis as NXT goes off the ear in a heartwarming fashion absolutely unbelievable even though even though Gargano won this match Indy still ran up to ran up to Dexter and kissed him absolutely incredible this was absolutely all it needed to be Gargano and Loomis had a 
body matched together while Johnny Wrestling was able to lean into his cosmetic side while never losing its in-ring edge. He brought out the absolute best from the tortured artist. It was clear that Loomis was built up in this match as a desperate babyface. His usual calm demeanor was last as he needed this win more than any other. It was all he wanted. He powered through the offense uh, onslaught of Gargano as it was well as well as distractions to almost take this. Much like Cameron Grimes and LA Knight, the comedic story has truly caught the attention of the crowd more than just un just about anything else. While Loomis lost here index happened all the same and the crowd was absolutely overjoyed and I'm sure all of us were all overjoyed as well. Loomis is now with Indy, Indy Other Man, and she now is in love. Absolutely heartwarming ending to NXT, if you ask me. So, with that being said, I do wonder what is going to happen with, with Indy and Dexter. Is Gargano and Lori finally going to allow Indy and Dexter to be together? Is that what they're finally going to allow? Because of course, Candace and Gargano are of course a couple on their own. But is Indy going to have her, her man as well? We're going to find out potentially next week. But as we see from the end of this episode, Indy has her man. And Index is now with a bond. And they are in love. And so with that being said, that is a conclusion of uh, this week's episode of NXT. What a crazy episode it was. And ending off in a heartwarming and loving fashion. I'm very excited for next week, a lot, especially with all the craziness that's going to happen next week. We hear from Raquel Gonzalez after what Dakota Kai just said for this week. A face-off between... Uh, a face-off between... Uh, Kyler Riley and Anna Cole. Ajay Dragunov making his uh, appearance on NXT next week. And so much more craziness that's coming up next week that I'm going to be super excited for. Of course, last show that this week is, of course, Friday Night SmackDown. We get to hear from the Trouble Chief after the one and only John Cena signed the contract to make the match at SummerSlam official. It's going to be a crazy match. I just know for sure. But, of course, you want to wonder what's going to happen with that. Of course, Sasha Banks returning last week and shockingly attacking Young Wheeler after a tag team match last week. And so, we do want to wonder what Sasha is going to do and hear from the one and only Bianca Belair after Banks shockingly and disrespectfully attacked Bianca after teaming up together to take on the team of Carmelo and, of course, Selena Vega. So we'll see what happens with that. But with that being said, that is going to be the conclusion of episode 105 of season two. I hope you guys enjoyed as much as I did. Looking forward to seeing what happens next week's NXT as NXT returns back to USA as the Olympics are ending this Friday. And so that's something to take note of. So that being said, that's going to conclude today's episode of Outside the Road. So I hope you guys enjoyed as much as I did. And I'll see you guys this Saturday for the highlights of Friday Night SmackDown for this week.
to you guys next time.